you know why? Because the American people are counting on us. We're going to get this done because we told the American people this is what we're going to do if we get this majority. And guess what? We're doing it. All right. Obviously, that is House Speaker Paul Ryan speaking earlier about uh, the House's uh, tax plan and uh, tax bill. House Republican leaders did begin rolling out their tax bill today. It contains sweeping changes for business and individual taxes. Also includes a measure to cut the corporate tax rate to 20 percent. Let's get some analysis. Tim Pawlenty is CEO of the Financial Services Roundtable, former Republican governor of Minnesota, uh, with us uh, from the nation's capital. Also with us, Anna Edgerton. She's our congressional reporter up on Capitol Hill. And Anna, I do want to start with you. We talked earlier on Bloomberg Radio. As time goes by and we start to break down the specifics from this House bill and we get various constituencies uh, to kind of weigh in, what are the key aspects of the House bill? The two things that I'm going to be looking for as this goes through the legislative process are the rules to regulate who can qualify as a pass-through and get a lower 25% rate for those companies who don't qualify as C-Corps. Then the other thing that I'm still looking at is the deduction for state and local tax because there's still some Republican members from New York and New Jersey who are not on board with this tax plan because they're still concerned about the effect on their constituents. That pass-through, if I kind of follow up, that will also let us know whether or not, what, small business is going to take into it, or is it the higher, wealthier individuals who get to really partake in that? Yeah, it's a pretty tricky formula to get right because pass-throughs include all kinds of organizations, Mm -hmm. companies from, you know, the neighborhood coffee shop to Harley-Davidson to Fidelity Investments. So they're trying to really structure these rules so that small businesses and small manufacturers get all the benefits they need, but it's not abused by, you know, larger, different different kind of funds and um, also different kind of professional services like dentists, lawyers, accounting firms, that kind of thing. Tim Pawlenty, come on in on our conversation. So what are you, from what you've heard, read, listened to, um, what do you see uh, about the uh, proposal, the bill that uh, the House has put forward? Pretty much as advertised, I'd say, Carol. Uh, yeah. This is a bill that is no surprise, and they did what they said they were going to do on corporate rates, but the modest adjustment upward to 20% from the president's initial mark of 15%. Um, they kept the, the rates at the number four, but that's a significant reduction. So I think in short, uh, it leaves the tax uh, code simpler because most people now will be able to file their taxes on a one-page document according to the estimates. Two, it does provide direct relief to middle-income folks, so that was another goal, an important goal. And then lastly, it does a number of things to try to invigorate the economy, which has been pretty anemic uh, before the last quarter. What specifically do you see, Tim, as something that's really going to kind of juice the economy, maybe get it forward to that 3 percent that uh, the president has talked about? Well, there's a number of things, but one, of course, would be the business rate cuts. I think for businesses who are interested in capital formation, capital deployment, you know, building new buildings, expanding, buying equipment, adding employees, uh, having less money that they have to pay the government and more money that they can redeploy for business purposes is going to help stimulate the economy. And there are other features as well, for example, repatriation of foreign earnings that are sitting on offshore and bringing those back in whole or in part would be stimulative as well. And the indirect benefits of that for all of us are quite positive. Right. So now the focus goes to the details and the markup and the negotiating. Um, Anna, come on in on this, because I say that, as I just read uh, across the Bloomberg, the House Armed Services Committee's uh, GOP members not uh, saying that they will not vote for any spending bill that shortchanges defense funding. um, And this is about the spending bill. But I'm just the negotiating, you know, going up with tax cuts and what it does to a deficit. I mean, there's a lot of issues on the table here. There are, and 
I think one thing that Republicans have working in their favor is that they haven't really had any legislative wins that they can point to and take to the American people next year during the midterms and say, this is what we did when you gave us the unified control of government. So I think the bar for dissent on this Republican tax plan is very high. So any member, any Republican member that has a problem with this tax plan is probably going to think really hard before he voices opposition to it. Um, They really want to put forward a unified front on this, and it's important politically, and uh, someone argue it's important economically as well. All right. Speaking of the economy, President Trump also uh, this afternoon, as expected, uh, his nomination for the next Fed chief, Jay Powell. We heard earlier from the president uh, in a press conference uh, from the Rose Garden at the White House. Tim Pawlenty, uh, your CEO at the Financial Services Roundtable. Uh, one of the things that people see with Jay P- uh, Powell is that as a former managing director of, of the private equity firm, um, head uh, private equity firm Carlisle, that he's much more sympathetic to calls to ease rules and regulations in the financial industry. Um, is that what you are anticipating? Are your members anticipating that, if indeed the confirmation of uh, Mr. Powell goes through? I think we'll see. I think the advantages he brings to the position is he's a seasoned business leader as well as a seasoned public servant. And his public service, of course, has been at the Federal Reserve as a current Federal Reserve Board governor. So the fact that he comes as a steady hand or a seasoned hand on the throttle uh, is important. I think he'll sounds like he would continue much of the, at least directionally, the monetary policy of Chair Yellen. But as it relates to banking regulation or financial services regulation, his comments have been perhaps a little more open to reform mm-hmm. than the previous chair or the current chair, uh, soon to be former chair. Um, but it remains to be seen just how far he might go in that regard. In any event, I don't think it would be dramatic or quantum changes. I think he'd be looking at sort of adjustments, tweaks, and what at least I would consider common sense reforms. Anna, 20 seconds left here. Will a confirmation um, through Congress of Jay Powell be pretty easy? Yeah, uh, Senate Democrats haven't really made anything easy uh, in terms of uh, confirmations, (laughs) but I expect that it probably will. I'm an optimist. I like to think something can happen. Tim Pawlenty, thank you. CEO at Financial Services Roundtable, former Republican governor of Minnesota, joining us on the phone from Washington, D.C., and our Anna Edgerton, congressional reporter up there on Capitol Hill, watching it all unfold on this busy, busy Thursday afternoon. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Carol Masser, and this is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Radio.